Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Seasons greetings, everybody, and welcome in once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I'm JP Mosier. And we can't wait to get into what we've got today. Fun song from recent history, just in the last few years. Uh, let's dive right into a sample. This is Price Tag by Jesse J. I dare you not to bob your head. Yes, sir. The anthem for broke people everywhere. Yes. (laughs) It always feels good to have somebody say, ah, it's not about the money. Like, let's all just be broke together. Um, That right right up there with thrift shop, right? Exactly. Exactly. People love it. Like, man, let's just all, you know what? We're broke, but we're family. Like, let's just live this life together. Uh, She's actually caught some flack for this song because of people being like, in my opinion, this is too much. But people were like, you know, oh, a rich rock star is going to tell me it's not about the money. Okay, enjoy your paycheck. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, but whatever. Just come on, people. Literally, people on the internet are just the worst. Uh, just quit being too much and just get with the vibe. Um, this song is so fun. Like, uh, this is outside of my normal listening habits. Uh, I had to be... Uh, I had to have this song thrust upon me by fate. Um, This is not my, you know, I don't go much in for pop music in general, modern pop music uh, or, or R and B, which is kind of hits on a little bit, but um, I actually um, heard this song for the first time at an Atlanta Braves game. Uh, It was opening day uh, in the last, you know, couple years, few years. Um, Still at Turner field, still at Turner field, uh, RIP Turner field. And, um, uh, so opening day, everybody's, you know, gathering toward, they're about to open the gates, right? I get there early. Um, I, you do too, right? You, Absolutely. You get, yeah. So go to batting practice, batting practice, catch it all. I want to, my thing is not what time does the game start? It's what time do the gates open? open yes. I want to be there then. Yes. I want to be there 30 minutes before then. Um, so I would rather get there early and leave in the eighth 
that day. <laughs> well, oh maybe, no, maybe not. My rules: yeah. never leave, never leave <laughs> sporting events, especially baseball games. Never leave baseball games or church oh, early, because okay. you never know what's going <laughs> to happen. True. That's true. Um, but uh, do you leave before encores at concerts? No. no. Okay. Good. What kind of monster? I didn't, no. I know people that do. Jeez, so. that's when they usually save their best. They get like, out to or, beat the traffic. God, no. It is not worth it. I'll no. sit in the traffic. If I paid eighty dollars to go to a concert, <laughs> you better believe I'm going to get every ounce of no. Mm-mm. No. If you're if you're listening right now and you leave before encores at a concert, please let me know why. I need to know more about your psychology. Uh, send us a, send us a message, send us a tweet. It's gotta be a better argument than traffic. Yeah. It's gotta be one better than that. Like if I went specifically to see an event, I'm going to see, that's like, no, uh, uh, no, 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 no. Anyway, back to, back to first (laughs) time you heard the detective in the movie. Sherlock Holmes is about to say who done it. Like I'm good. You know, it's going to be crowded. Like I'd rather, I don't want a bottleneck at the front door. So I'm just going to get on out of here. (laughs) Forget that. No, we can do better. Um, so anyway, so I, anyway, I'm at a Braves game and uh, it's opening day. The energy is already amazing. That's like one of my places of sanctuary. Um, and so uh, opening day, everybody's walking in and a radio station has a has a, um, you know, like a mobile um, thing set up, a mobile recording thing. And they're just blasting the song as we're walking up to the gates. And I'm like, yeah. Like this is it. It was the perfect setting to be introduced to that song because it felt hopeful and it was just like driving. You gave a little pep to your step as you walked yeah, through the day. Yeah, it, it was like, gate. oh man, this is gonna be a great season. We're it, gonna beat the Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> like this is the year, you know, whatever. And so, but I just Smoltz was, is coming out of retirement. <laughs> it's gonna be a good year. I was immediately taken with the song. That's I immediately cool. shazammed it. Who is this? I gotta know what is you know what is this. Uh, do you have any songs like that before we before we really dig in and kind of dissect sure, the song a little yeah. bit? Sure, yeah. I got one. It's kind of the opposite end of the spectrum where it's not a happy, joyful. It's at youth camp, uh, probably last year of junior high, so like eighth grade youth camp, <laughs> Signal Mountain Youth Camp. Every year at the end of youth camp, they're going to play Friends Are Friends Forever by Michael W. Smith. Yeah. You know, it's going to happen and whatever. You're going to have your moment. But that's the first time I got introduced. I can't believe it, it took me this long to hear it. That's what Friends Are For. Oh, the yeah. Stevie Wonder, yeah. Everybody in the Nation sings yeah. on it. With That's the first time I'd ever heard it. And they played it in the gym. And I'm saying bye to my friends. I'm like, what is this song? It's happening. <laughs> and I had an emotional connection with that song. Wow. I, I like that song because of that moment. That's so funny. It was a, it was pretty cheesy. It was a, it was sitcom drama cheesiness. And it, I experienced it firsthand. That's right gross. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sad that that's your song. Sorry. That's my moment that, that you remember about. where you were. My other song that I just, I, for whatever reason, it impacted me immediately upon hearing it to the point where I remember today, 15 years later where I was when I heard it for the first time, this is kind of out of left field too, uh, is, uh, uh, Bring Me to Life by Evanescence. Oh, yeah. I heard it. I, we were headed. I was headed to a practice with my band. It was late at night, and uh, I was by myself driving, and uh, that song came on the radio, and it was so different. Like, it was just other and and felt so unusual, and it was just good. Like, Two female front vocalists yeah. on your moment. Yeah, that's, true. That's pretty rare. True, true. And so I still remember the exact spot I was when I went, holy cow like that, got, that song got done and I felt like I had to breathe like it was just you know three and a half minutes of oh my your goodness your inside had to wake up <clears throat> I had to be woken up inside um so anyway back but this, to price tag yeah th- but this song is that kind of you know it's just 
it can it can take you to a happy spot real quick. Um, it's just one of those good songs. And she is a, a co-writer on the song. Um, she wrote the song with, uh, uh, she is British. Jesse J is British. Uh, Jesse Cornish, real name. Jessica Ellen Cornish. Jessica Ellen. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, released in 2001. Uh, written with American songwriters, uh, Dr. Luke and mm-hmm. Claude Kelly. <clears throat> you may know Dr. Luke uh, from recently being in the news with uh, another artist, female artist, Kesha. Kesha. Mm-hmm. Uh, she sued him and there were some allegations and... So we're not going to talk about Dr. Luke much. I will on Meet the Band. Okay. All right. That's a Meet the Band point. Um, But uh, um, at the the beginning of the song, uh, she she references uh, Coconut Man and Moonhead. And that is a reference to uh, Dr. Luke and um, and to Claude Kelly. Those are their nicknames. And she says, and P, and that is her. She is P. Um, You know why he's called Moonhead? I don't. He has an extremely large head. Well, okay, yeah. all right. It's a virtual planetoid. I didn't. I don't know why he's called Coconut Man, but uh, I, I, I want to dig that into I, that. Yeah, I'm not sure. I want to know. Um, so yeah, uh, she is P, and my kid thinks my kids think it's funny. We listen to this song in the car sometimes, and and they, she's like, "It's P and P," and they're like, "P." <laughs> uh, I can't lie; it's mostly me giggling. Uh, okay, so anyway, released in 2001, uh, it debuted at number one on the UK singles chart. Uh, in the United States, it peaked at number 23 on the Billboard Hot 100. And this song went number one in 19 countries. Really? Uh, price tag just blew up kind of worldwide. Went number one in 19 countries. It's in the key of F major and uh, on the metronome at 84 beats per minute. Just a good solid groove. It's just fast enough where if you're a drummer, you can play 16th notes on the groove with your on the hi-hat. And uh, and and not feel like you're having to kill your kill yourself to do it. Uh, that's if you have bad technique like me. If you have good technique, you can do it at 150 beats a minute and you'll be fine. Um, so anyway, but speaking of the groove, let's sidetrack for just a minute. Not sidetrack; it's related. But the drum beat has actually been um, the centerpiece of a lawsuit. The drum beat to this song is the centerpiece of a lawsuit from the group Black Heat, who in the uh, mid-70s released a song called Zimba Coup. And um, look it up on iTunes. You can be the judge for yourself. Z-I-M-B-A space K-U by the band Black Heat. And they have sued uh, for copyright infringement. Uh, If you ask me, it's just a groove. You know, I mean, yeah, they're kind of similar, but it's not so distinctive that you can say, Oh, you stole that. Like you've been listening to Zimba Koo and you were, you know, grooving in the studio to black heat while you did this. And obviously, um, play a little sampling you know, of, of, let's so take a listen. Here it is. We'll just, be the judge. You be the judge. Here's Zimba Koo by black heat. Okay, I mean, if that constitutes theft, then I, I'm just waiting to get sued by any number of guitar players uh, or, you know what I'm you saying? stole that G chord. Yeah, exactly. And I'll be honest, I'm so distracted by the Ron Burgundy jazz flute <laughs> thing on top of it that I, I didn't even pick up much on the drums. I was like, where did where'd that guy come from? That feels like a stretch. Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, you know, I, look, I get it. I mean, if you think there's a buck to be made and you think you can win that case in court, then I guess go for it. But I feel like 
No. It's oh, we should have metronomed it and said if it was 84 beats a minute. Right? We uh, it's, you know, whatever. I, I don't, I disagree. I think Zimbaku, if I'm the judge, forget it. Get out of my face. Um, what about, I'm going to go off script here for a second, but there was a, a famous lawsuit. There, there have been several in recent years. There was the Sam Smith, Tom Petty uh, dispute where uh, it was ruled that Sam Smith had basically borrowed I Won't Back Down for uh, Stay With Me. Uh, and had to uh, pay some damages of some sort. I don't remember uh, exactly what that what that was, uh, just off the top of my head. Uh, and then um, uh, recently, just before that, there was another huge Coldplay song. Coldplay Satch. There was Coldplay and Joe Satriani, oh, uh, and that one I want to dig in. Well, I want to talk about that one more, but that's because me and you are huge Joe Satriani Sure, and fans. we may do a but, Coldplay section later, and we'll yeah, talk about that. Um, and, but then there was also, what was the huge song? Um, uh, Robin Thicke. Uh, the, uh, um, blurred lines. Yeah. Blurred lines. He got, he, he got hit with a lawsuit and lost, uh, to the estate of Marvin Gaye, um, that, uh, that his song had, had borrowed, uh, too heavily directly mm. from, from that song. He and, um, he and, uh, Pharrell, um, lost that, lost that lawsuit. I, I feel like, and I, I didn't see that one either. I mean, you know, they felt sort of similar in like, feel or whatever, but I've, I'm listening to it going, man, if that, like, I mean, honestly, if that's theft, then I, I mean, it makes me nervous to like record anything. Ever. Yeah. Gotta be careful. Yeah. You know, okay. So if a groove feels similar, then you're just going to say I stole it and then now I'm going to be broke. Okay. Well that sucks. Um, so let that be a lesson to you kids. Don't ever make music. <laughs> <laughs> if you're using all the cakewalk drum loops, yeah, you're in trouble. Um, but for us, we're big Joe Satriani fans. A lot Huge. of you probably, well, I don't know if you're listening to this podcast and you're friends of ours or you know us or know about us, you may be a Joe Satriani fan as well. He's an instrumental uh, guitarist. He uh, makes sort of progressive rock. And he sued Coldplay, uh, claiming that they had borrowed uh, the melody for Viva La Vida, from uh, one of his songs, which now the title of "Believe I Can Fly" right? escapes me. Yes, fly. yeah, something about flying. Um, and uh, we're like we're huge Satch fans, and then we watch <laughs> the title of his <laughs> controversial song. Um, but uh, and I think he, I, I don't know if that's still ongoing or if there was finally a ruling on that. It, it lasted for a while, but if you listen to him, you that that's one that you could go. All right, I mean, I can kind of see it. You know, the melody was very similar, but anyway, Coldplay's argument was that it was parallel thought and you know they just happen to kind of stumble into the same melody so i don't know um it does happen from time to time but that's a discussion for another uh time and place i think so um let's let's kind of dig into this song uh it, you know before we got sidetracked that was totally off the cuff like we don't we don't talk about what we're going to talk about beforehand but we usually come in with notes but that wasn't even on notes that was just a thing that you know popped up right now um but uh this song is so fun it 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 has a way of sort of bringing a crowd together. Um, it actually, if you listen to it and, and go, man, that kind of feels like party in the USA. Uh, there's a reason for that. That is because Jesse J also co-wrote party in the USA, uh, which was a big hit for Miley Cyrus. Um, but it has that same kind of like, it just feels fun. It feels like it's the perfect groove, perfect tempo, perfect feel for people to be singing it together. Uh, and there's nothing, that does more good for a song than for it to be, you know, a good, a good time for everybody to, uh, to sing together. But the concept itself, the theme is also very appealing. Uh, you know, it's like, uh, Jesse J said, uh, you know, 
I co-wrote the song uh, about four months after we wrote Party in the USA. Uh, and she said it was inspired by my life at the time, feeling like money ruled everything and everybody was so serious in their, you know, their shades and their sunglasses. Um, but uh, she said it isn't always about how much your shoes cost. It's about the fact that you have a pair of shoes to walk in, you know, just to be grateful for the moment and um, just be glad you can you can have a good time. You know, don't be so don't be so stiff and concerned with your image and and about you know, how you're going to be perceived and the money that you're making that you can't even relax. Um, you know, there's the, the line in there about, um, you, you got your shoes, you got your heels so high that you can't even have a good time. Like you, def- you've come to a, you come to a party, you've come to a club, so dressed up, your clothes are so tight. You're so uncomfortable that you can't even like cut loose. Yeah. You can't even cut loose and dance. So what's the point you missed it. You know, you missed it entirely just to look cool. Um, and, uh, you know, and then artists, artists going over the top, trying to project an image of having money and doing all the stuff to the point um, that they, you know, can't even afford to like relax and have a good time because they got to protect their image. You know, they got to look right, bro. So, um, the, the other that's pretty much the theme of the whole song is just man, relax. Um, my uh, my favorite lyric in this in this song is actually um, is actually not in the song. It's something that I interpreted when I heard it and then later realized I was wrong. But so, so, so in the second verse, she, the lyric is, why is everybody so obsessed? Money can't buy us happiness, uh, which is fine. That's a great line. Uh, but when I originally heard it the first few times, I thought she said money can't buy y'all's happiness. Y'all's. Um, so I pretty Southern. Yeah. I was like, I was like, man, that's a great. Like, I don't know why you use that word, but I love it there. Money can't buy y'all's happiness. And I thought, oh, that's cool. And then I've realized later that I was wrong. She's just saying money can't buy us happiness. And it's still fine. And it's a good line. But I thought money can't buy y'all's happiness. I thought it just sang really well. Um, so I was disappointed in that. So then I had to choose a new favorite lyric. And uh, <laughs> plan B. <laughs> yeah, plan B for my favorite favorite line from the song is I love the line about uh, when it wasn't low blows and video hoes. I think that's just, I don't know, it's snappy, it's smart, um, and there's so much internal rhyme, low blows and video hoes, like, I don't know. A lot just, of O's. I really like it, a lot of O's. Um, so anyway, it's just a, a great, um, fun song. Pretty simple progression. Yeah. One, three, five, four, right? One, uh, three, I think six, it's four. One, yeah, one, three, six, six four. four. Be um, F, so, a, minor, a minor, D minor. D minor. B flat, B flat. Yeah. Yep, and pretty much through the whole thing, even the verse and chorus, uh, same the, chords. That that would actually be a great rabbit trail. Favorite songs that are just one just progression the, all the yeah. way through. You know, verse and chorus at least same progression. Um, it doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen. Um, and some songs that you don't necessarily think about. You know, sometimes you listen to it, you like go to learn a song, you're like, oh wait, this is all the same. But uh, they do such a good job of putting together a melody and, and some production throwing in a rap. Yeah. Throwing a rap. And that's great. I do love, uh, this song features uh rapper, uh, B O B, um, in, in, in a verse sort of after the second chorus. And I love, I love the, the, the verse, um, the rap verse on this. I think it feels very authentic. I don't know anything about B O B other than I've heard him on, uh, nothing on you and yeah, airplanes. Nothing, yeah. Those are his and, um, and, I, you know, I don't know, but he sounds like he knows what he's talking about as far as, 
you know, I don't know if it's the way he delivers it or if he's like got some experience or if he just loves it when he's talking about give me six strings and a half stack and you can, you know, keep the cars, give me the garage and all that stuff. I love it. It feels authentic. It feels legit. Um, Good job, Bobby Ray Simmons Jr. Whoa. Kapowie. Bobby Ray Simmons Jr. That's a good... Uh, I love finding out people's real names. Yeah, I know, I right? just love it. Uh, my real name is Alfred uh, <laughs> Mankiewicz. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if we've got Rob for short. Yeah, just Rob for short. <laughs> oh, that'll be that'll be fun. How many listeners know what the JP and JP stands for? Ooh. Ooh. Okay, all right. We hit us up on Twitter at Great Song Pod. Uh, Mom, or, you can't answer. <laughs> Anybody else is welcome to take a gander at what the JP stands for. What does the JP in JP <laughs> Mosier stand for? I can't wait it'll to hear a, the response. It is not JP, J A Y P E E. That no. is not my name. <laughs> That would be my parents. Don't if me. your middle name was P, that would be horrible. That would be the like worst middle just name the body function P. Yeah, that'd be terrible. J A Y P E. Um, well, yeah, Bobby Ray Simmons Jr. Good uh, segue into Meet the Band, right? Let's do it. Hey, let's of... take a second and meet the band. All right. Hey, let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band. Hey. All right. Uh, Jessica Ellen Cornish is probably the most predominant member of the band because she's the vocalist. No, but uh, the first British female to have six top ten singles on one album. So there were six? six top ten off this album, and I didn't even know they made the top ten. Wow. Price tag, um, Domino, which is a big one, Laser Light, Nobody's Perfect, Who You Are, and Do It Like Dude all hit in the top ten. Off of one album, and I probably only knew three of them. I knew I know none of the others. You'll know Domino if you heard me heard it. Sing it. Take me down like Domino. Domino. No. No. What? Nope. Okay. Nope. Anyway, there's a dirty dancing in the moonlight. Nope. What? I okay. told you this is out of my okay, listening. Not our, like, not our era. Nope. I'm not a Jesse James impersonator, but I thought that would be enough for Jesse you to be James. Like, oh, yeah. The Western Jesse James. <laughs> say Jesse James. I'm not. Just, I'm not a Jesse James impersonator, yeah. but give me all your money, cowboy. Right. right. Um, <laughs> producer and predominant musician on this, Dr. Luke, who we talked about earlier. He basically played all instruments except for bass on this. He did all the keyboard work, all the drum work. Um, he was the lead guitarist in the Saturday Night Live band for a while. Um, no kidding. Yep. He also wrote Who Knew for Pink. Girlfriend for Avril Lavigne. I Kissed a Girl for Katy Perry. I Kissed a Girl by Katy Perry. Huh. So, yeah, a bunch of, bunch of songs for Let women. that be a lesson, kids. First of all, don't be a perv. Second of all, learn to play as many instruments as you can. If you're out there and you play guitar, sit down at a piano and figure it out. Get some lessons on the drums. Learn to play some stuff. Because the more you can do on your own, the more you don't have to pay other people to do. Like, if you, if you want to grow up and do anything in the music industry... Learn to do as much as you can because it makes it makes you a useful and even indispensable to other people, uh, and then it makes you able to do more on your own without depending on other cut people. Cut some cost, and you can yeah anywhere you can cut some cost. Hey, that's more dough for you. So uh, Doctor Luke was probably making some extra dough because he didn't have to hire out musicians. And you can play it the way you hear it. Yeah, like as, as somebody that me and Rob both play multiple instruments. Sometimes I'll be like, well, that's not really the feel I was going for. This is the, the way I wanted the melody played. Let me show it to you. Yeah. And I, then. I remember we were cutting a demo with uh, my band one time and, and we were uh, the, the guy that we were cutting drums, we had hired a drummer to, you know, cut drums and we're at his house and in his studio cutting drums. And there was a song that I just went before, before we started, I was like, listen, I think like I'm going to need to play on this one. There's no way 
it would take hours for me to explain Blame to you my vision for the and- song on drums. And so, and I was able to do that because I'm proficient enough on drums that I could hear it in my brain and play, play what I wanted. Rob is and proficient on about 12 instruments, so it's okay. I, uh, I am a, I, I, I don't know what to say. Thank you. <laughs> you're very kind. Um, but anyway, if you're a musician, learn to play learn something everything. else, expand your, expand your skill set, and you'll find it'll, it'll serve you in all kinds of ways. The uh, only other two people that I would mention, other than Bobby Ray Simmons Jr., who we touched on earlier, B.O.B. B.O.B. Um, what does the B.O.B. stand for? Do you know? I would guess or is it maybe just like, shortened for Bobby. I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it's just a simplified. Know. Who knows? Who knows? Um, on bass was Butch Coleman. He is the only other musician that actually plays on the album other than, or on the recording other than Dr. Luke. Found nothing of interest in you. Sorry, Butch, if you're listening. Other than he lives in Baltimore and he just started a program called Heart for Children that is for uh, people that are financially strapped and he uses music as a way to to help him with that well good heart with butch it's not about the money man give it away it's not about the money help the kids and the other uh would be maybe another writer claude kelly who we talked on earlier moonhead um who wrote party in the usa and grenade for bruno mars um but that's a pretty short and meet the band section you want to know you want to know a song that we will never ever be covering on this podcast please that would be grenade by bruno mars i despise yeah despise Buys that song. Do you, that song or Bruno is it? Because I think Bruno is a great live act. Bruno, Kayla loved, my, Kayla's my wife. She loved Bruno Mars, one of her favorite Bruno, live acts ever. Bruno is an amazing performer. The guy can really sing legitimately. The guy can legitimately dance and the guy can legitimately entertain. But Grenade is a stupid <laughs> song. <laughs> yes. I, I would, no. That chorus is the stupidest. Yeah. I would put my hand on a blade for you <laughs> what does that even mean when in your life is there going to be an opportunity for you to just put your hand on a blade to save someone else like and what good is catching the grenade just knock it out of the way yeah throw it back yeah forget that but it's the it's the blade line that gets me yeah. like babe you know what to prove my love for you i'm just gonna throw my hand down <laughs> on this knife here and then you'll know right. then you'll understand how much I'm in for you. Yeah. That's anyway. That uh, sorry. Yeah. Apologies to my Bruno Mars loving friends. And I have a great many of them. That song is stupid. If we pick a Bruno song, it will not be that one. Only, only, only topped in stupidness among Bruno Mars songs by the song gorilla. Those are two of the stupidest songs <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. That's all I'm going to say. I'm by the way, I'm efforting here to try and find out what BOB stands for. Uh, it is uh, becoming uh, proving to be a difficult task. While he's looking for that, I'll give you some uh, other re- random Jesse J facts. Um, she started recording this debut album in 2005, but it wasn't released till 2011. Wow! Yeah, so six years she started working on this album. Man, and there's some lo- some uh, uh, record label conflicts and with all that too. Oh, but gotcha. that's for another day. Um, she's also the host on The Voice in the UK. She was a host on that. The, okay. The Voice in the UK. L- um, listen, Jesse J can sing. See, and that's funny that Rob highlights that she's a, f- a fantastic singer because she's known motib- most notably as a writer. And she actually moved from the UK to California to pursue the vocal side of that more because she's not viewed as a really good singer over there um, as much as a good writer. Wow. And she's like, I'm a singer, I'm a performer. Um, I guess she gets kind of overshadowed by the likes of Adele and other like that. She actually Man. went to Brit school with Adele 
and they would sing in the cafeteria at lunchtime together. Huh. So they were no, f- no, they, no kidding. They were, I almost said no figure. No figure. No figure. And then it came out like I was just going to swear. No. Out of nowhere. No. F- no. No kidding. Didn't. Yeah. Man, um, I feel like she's got like a sort of genuine, kind of vintage, soulful sound. I, like, it's different. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah it's I not, love it. It's not not your your common UK vocalist. Yeah. Um, she also it. did a song called "My Superstar" in 2016 for the movie Ice Age. Uh, yeah. The Ice Age. Um, my favorite fact about that movie and that song <laughs> is it was written by Nikki Leonti. You remember her? Nikki Leonti. Here's, here's a sidebar yeah. for you. Two Christian albums on the Pamplin record label. Oh, that was 90s. a great label. Dude, I uh, I actually, I listened to Nikki Leonti. Wow. Believe it or not. I, uh, she's the uh, Jesse J of the 90s Christian music. But she got dropped from that record label because she got pregnant out of wedlock and was completely shunned from the CCM community and is now a backup singer for Carrie Underwood. No kidding. Yeah. She sang wow. on over a hundred songs for Glee. On over a really? hundred, which is a long That's a lot of that's songs. That's a lot of lists and probably really good royalties. Wow. So I guess Nikki Leonti is, is doing okay. Nikki Leonti. Let me tell you, if you don't know anything about Pamplin Records, Pamplin Records in the like mid to late nineties, even early two thousands a little bit, was a great uh label in the Christian music industry. And then the bubble sort of burst and and labels started closing. And now you can't even find stuff that was on Pamplin on digital. You oh. still have to go find it in physical form somewhere. I wonder if the Katie Hudson, a.k.a. Katie Perry, Ooh. was on Pamplin. I don't remember what level. I don't know. They had probably, a lot that of, was that same era. They had a lot of great artists. Uh, Solomon's Wish. I love Solomon's oh, Wish. Oh, so my good. goodness. Uh, Grand Scheme is a good, that's a good. Great album. Solomon's wise, Wish. Solomon's Wish, the album name is A Wise Man's Tragedy. A Wise Tragedy. Man's Tragedy. Oh. Such a good album. They had one album and then Pamplin closed. <laughs> and they were never heard from again. Yeah, I know, right? Um, they do a version of Stop Sign that's really yeah. good. The, yep. the 70s rock song, 70s, yep. 80s rock song. Uh, uh, Scarecrow and Ten Men, yeah. I believe, were also on Pamplin. Several groups that I just I just loved, acts, artists. Uh, on John Pamplin Elefante Records. produced a lot of stuff for Pamplin. John Elefante, most notably, um, him and his brother Dino Elefante were big producers, but he actually fronted the band Kansas, Kansas for a man. while. So. I, uh, I got to play one of his guitars in studio That's recording cool. one of my band's uh, records. It was very cool. That's it was like a $10,000 Yamaha acoustic. I was wow. like, this is okay. I could, I could deal with this. Yeah. And it probably had uh, Ernie Ball Earthwood strings <laughs> on it. No, probably really high dollar strings. Okay, B.O.B. Okay, I back it. to this. Okay, B.O.B., Bobby Ray Simmons, takes his rap name from the 2000 Outcast single, B.O.B., Bombs Over Baghdad. Oh, okay. I wondered, I thought, you know, it's written the same way, uh, but it's it's... Uh, but that's apparently he just, I want to be called B.O.B. Thanks, Andre, for loaning him okay, that so, so he could go by it. Um, so, yeah, uh, apparently. Cool. Now, this is if you can believe the Internet. So take everything from the Internet with a grain of salt. But Internet does not um, lie. You know, I mean, I guess you could just say, oh, yeah, well, he took it from that Outcast song, obviously. But whatever. I'll, I'm going to go ahead and say it's true. Okay. Um, I got another really neat sidebar on Jessie J. She called her fans heartbeats. heartbeats. Um, she said they're the, the heartbeats. Um, so... I wanted to list some bands where their fan base has a name. Like for the Grateful Dead, it's like the Deadheads, Deadheads yeah. Taylor Swift, Swifties, Justin Bieber, the Believers. Do you have any that you know? Uh, the the well, you've got uh, Parrotheads, right? Or uh, Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett. Uh, Jimmy Buffett good. followers, Parrotheads. Um, I think. Uh, Other popular ones, Kiss Army from Kiss. Oh, good call. Kiss Army. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, 
there's a there's a guy I follow on Twitter, a comedian, and he was he was kind of a famous viner in the age of Vine, R.I.P. Vine. I miss you every day. Uh, his name is Danny Gonzalez, and a very funny dude. And he has decided to collectively call his fan base Greg. <laughs> <laughs> so he just so he's just like shout out to Greg. <laughs> like <laughs> you guys are keeping it real. Thanks. Um, there's a bunch, but I wrote down some of my favorites. Um, well, Neil Diamond Diamond Heads was another popular one. It's pretty much you can add it like heads. whatever heads. Yeah. Gro- Josh Groban, the Grobanites. <laughs> Better than Ezra. Ezra Lights. That's a pretty good Ew. one. I kind of like that one. Led Zeppelin, Lead Heads. You're right. It's just Ites and Heads. I just realized that. Yeah. Sister Hazel, Hazelnuts. That one's pretty good. Hazelnuts. Good call. But my personal favorite, I'm a Barry Manilow fan, so the Fanilows. The Fanilows. I'm a Fanilow. Uh, you know, um, uh, Miranda Sings, YouTube YouTuber, YouTube okay. star slash now Netflix uh, star Miranda Sings, calls her fan base Murfandas. Okay. Um, I guess any Miranda could actually do that. Miranda Lambert. They could be Murfandas. I think I, I didn't write this one down, but I, I just thought I think Katy Perry's are like the Katy Cats or something like that. Ew. Yeah, I just thought too of that cute. One. It's just too cute. There was one. There was a Christian band that had one. Skillet. That's right. They. Had, I just this one's not on my notes either. Weren't they the Panheads? Because oh of my Skillet. Gosh. Get out of here. Yeah. So we were going back. I just thought of that one. That one wasn't on my notes either. Um, Jesse J. Ha- okay. On another note, had a panic attack in a gig in 2011. The event was called Blackout. And they, uh, so it was a completely thing in the dark. And she's like, can we just turn on the lights for a bit? And they wouldn't because the whole event was blackout. Wow. And she completely freaked out and had a panic attack and had to cancel the show. Man, that just sounds like a safety issue waiting to happen. Like we're going to have, you know what I'm saying? Like dark, man. I mean, people are susceptible to, 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 uh, environmental extremes like that. You can't just be turning the lights off for a matter of what I assume was hours. And you're, uh, no. That's not mm-hmm. healthy. I wonder how many people ended up pregnant after that event. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You don't just Nikki put... Leonti, were you at the, <laughs> were you at the blackout show? I mean, you don't just put, you don't just put people in a concert setting for multiple hours in the dark and not expect some drama to not yeah. go down. You got to have some high insurance uh, stuff happening at, happening at that. Um she also wow. had a stroke at age of 18, which is young to have a stroke. She uh, apparently suffers from, I guess this, these are related, suffers from a uh, Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome, uh, a hereditary heart condition. Hmm. Uh, also um, notable sufferers of that condition in the music industry include Meatloaf and Marilyn Manson. Wow. So Meatloaf, Marilyn Manson, and Jesse J. You know, there's another Jesse J that's a jazz saxophonist. Did not. Spelled completely different. It's J E S S Y. And it's uh, that's, that's the, the other, least popular spelling of Jesse ever. That's the other Jesse J. And she really ju- originally wanted to be Jesse Jazz. Um, but the producer's <laughs> like, oh no, that'll Her never catch on. Her name just keeps getting worse. That'll never catch on. But she's a pretty good jazz saxophonist. Well. Oh, good that's for good for her. She needs. I'm glad she's not Jesse Jazz. Like, that's, yeah, that's worse. That's mm, no. Uh, maybe she was trying to go, you know, like, um, like Johnny Football. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah, like, uh, yeah. uh, Donnie Baseball. That kind of thing to just be your last name of your nickname. Just be uh, an assumption that, like, oh, when you say baseball, you say you Don Mattingly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, Jesse Jazz just doesn't. No, that doesn't do it in the same way. Yeah, no. Um, is there a is there a basketball equivalent? Is there anybody whose nickname is like 
something basketball. Yeah, you know, like Doc basketball. Doc basketball. We should call Julius Irving Doc basketball. Yeah, right yeah. If anybody deserves it, it's the doctor. Um, okay, uh, you got any other facts on the song? Facts on Jesse J. That's that's what I, I'm pretty tapped right there. Okay, uh, like I said, the extent this song is basically the extent of my Jesse J knowledge. I know um, what's it? Bang bang. I do know bang bang. Um, but that's, that's really it. This is kind of outside of my, uh, listening thing. Isn't there, aren't there special guests on that? Isn't Ariana Grande yep. on that? Nicki yeah. Minaj. Ariana Grande. And I feel like there's one Nicki other. Minaj, Nikki. Yep. 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 That's the deal. Um, but that's it. That's, that's, that's all I know. Um, I was, I'm super glad. I love this song. I listen to it a lot with my kids and I have a, a random assorted playlist of things that we listen to in the car. A lot of which are things that I don't ordinarily listen to, but they're sort of, one-offs for me. I found an artist that I really like one of their songs. Um, and so we listen to it in the car a lot. It's a lot of fun. Everything from this to, um, do you happen to remember in the mid nineties when dance music took over for a hot second and everything was ace of bass and, uh, to this is the night and ah, dancing free yeah. until the morning light and all that awful crap, Barbie girl, <laughs> Uh, it was just the worst. There was a period. I actually of, had the sign Ace for, of Base album. I could stem, I could stomach Ace of Base, um, but uh, the rest of it, I just couldn't. But anyway, but there was a guy named um, uh, Scatman John. Do you remember Scatman John? Mm-hmm. And his he had this song called Scatman, and it was literally him doing jazz scat over like an uh, an electronic dance beat now edm at the time was not what edm is sure. now it was just all that and that's about all it was casio keyboard loop yeah yeah yeah. and it was uh it was just interminable and awful um if he was john scatman he could have been in our conversation <laughs> that's right when you think of scatman you, you think, think of john, john scatman john scatman john. yeah <laughs> but you know what i'm gonna do it i'm gonna play play a sampling just here, so i can hear what you're talking here's about scatman john hang on don't leave I'm a scat man. All right, I have never heard that, and I will probably never hear that again. But that was a scat man. I felt like I was doing the not at the Roxbury yep. car thing the whole exactly. time. So. That's the groove that took over music for about two, three years, and I hated it. Uh, but you're welcome, I think is what you meant to say. No, like, no, you meant to say, I forgive you. you. For what, <laughs> <laughs> we're still friends. It's all good. We'll keep uh, doing this, but no. Scatman John, his whole, his whole deal was that was the only song that... I don't even, you can't call it a hit. It wasn't a hit, but it it made an appearance on. Was it on Pamplin? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he, apparently he suffered badly from uh, a stutter. He had a bad stutter, but there's a, there's a thing among a lot of stutterers who, when they sing, they don't stutter. Uh, that hmm. they're, you know, people who have really bad crippling stutters when they speak can sometimes sing. That's and it, cool. And it doesn't, I mean, um, doesn't come out. And so he was able to do that 
Uh, but apparently, if he if he just spoke, you know, it was, Had it was trouble. A very stilted conversation. Did he remind you of the uh, Micro Machine guy? Remember those commercials? Yes, he you? actually looked a lot like the Micro Machine guy. Yeah, he had the big, thick Dale Earnhardt mustache. Play a clip um, of the Micro Machine commercial. <laughs> can you pull that up? Let's see if we can find. Let's one. see if we can find a Micro Machine commercial. Okay, we're just you know what we're going off the rails here today. Uh, let's just find. Hold on. Give us nineteen seconds. The Micro Machine man. The Micro Machine man here. Aircraft carrier there. You can't have that. But you can't have this. The new Micro Machine aircraft carrier playset. The dramatically detailed, terrifically trimmed replica of the real thing that holds 25 micro machines with fabulous, fantastic features. Two totally terrific elevators, real working hoist, runway, and two cargo arms. The new micro machine aircraft carrier playset from Galoob. Remember, if it doesn't say micro machines, it's not the real thing. So full disclosure, we spent more than 19 seconds because <laughs> we got hooked on the guy that did the micro machine commercials. John Mashita, we yeah. think is his name. Uh, think, yep. Super fast talking guy. Great backstory on him. Look up his history on why he's so fast talking. Yeah, it's pretty uh, interesting. It's for a good cause, um, but really neat. Um, so yeah, so that was, uh, that was that. <laughs> so Scatman John and John Mashita, the fastest talking Johns that we know. Yeah. Um, they look very similar. They both have that amazing mustache and bald heads. And kind of bald heads and, and, uh, Scatman John looks meaner. Scatman John looks like he's the principal of. He's the evil twin. Yes. In the. <laughs> Parallel in, universe, John Mashita. Yeah. Uh, and of course that's where we ended up. I mean, naturally that is the progression. From if you're price talking tag. about price tag. Uh, it's not about the money. It's about talking really, really fast. Um, so uh, I think that's going to wrap it up. God knows we need to get out of here before we go off anywhere else. Uh, thanks for listening to another episode of the Great Song Podcast. We'll be back next week with another great song for you. Uh, until then, I'm Rom. I'm JP. Go listen to some music. <laughs>